Welcome to a Mimosa Wasted podcast. This is Chelsea, and our special guest is Deja. Hi. <laughs> so hi. Deja, hi. So Deja and I are two shots into... Almost three. Almost three. Into tequila, is this? This is 1800. This is 18. Okay. I don't know what I'm drinking anymore. It's 1800. <laughs> but I had to I had to start recording because we just got into a really deep conversation about like Aaliyah and then like we started talking about like Jay-Z and we talked about NDAs. So like right now, Deja, please, please tell them what what you just told me. Your theory. Please, please. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about Jay-Z right now. I feel like he has another kid. Um, before Blue, but if this ever gets to him, know that I love, I, I love, I love Jay Z. However, I feel like it's another kid. Like, do you think it's another kid? But a lot of sources are not credible. But around the time when Lemonade came out, it was some allegations about him having another kid and mm-hmm. um, him paying off the mother of the child to like flee. to leave. Yeah. So I. I what? And you know how like we can get down a black hole, right? And so right. like we were trying to feed into the lemonade album and things yeah. like that. So I could have made this shit up myself. Maybe, as far as, but like, I mean, it's not. It's not a horrible theory. I mean, Jay Z has literally kept his lesbian mother under wraps. That's as well. facts. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's I don't true. know. I, I wouldn't. It's a lot of shit that's under wraps in the industry, though. Uh-huh. Like, and that's what we were just talking about yeah. before you brought me on. And it's yeah. creepy because it's almost like if we get exposure to it, our head will explode. Yeah. Like in policy. Like, it's yeah. just so much shit that we yeah. do not know about. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, back to the industry really quick. I have my um, a family friend used to work with, like, like in the industry as mm-hmm. well. And years ago, when I was younger, he kept saying, R. Kelly is going to get in trouble. Or Kelly gonna get in trouble with some girls. I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, I, you know, I'm sitting there listening to um, Ignition Remix. Like, what's mm-hmm. up? And he's like, I'm just telling you right now. Like, and then literally all this stuff is coming out. But people in Chicago been knew he'd been doing that. My aunt said that he used to ride around. Oh yeah. And pick up girls from high Disgusting. school. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. I I would be very. What we were talking about prior to recording was like. I never want Beyonce to die. Like, I think she will live on for forever. But I would be intrigued to see some of the things that may come out if that were to happen. But I just feel like knowing Beyonce, Beyonce is literally 10 billion steps ahead. And I feel like whatever NDAs that people have signed, it's like past her past her. Death. She's too like, insulated for anything to ever come out. Like, her, like, four generations down... People are still going to hold whatever secrets are near and dear. Yeah. It's just like family business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about your ancestors or, like, secrets that your family mm-hmm. has had, um, you know, generations prior to you being here. Yeah. It's some things we still don't know about. Mm-hmm. And that's Beyonce. Yeah. Like, we we just little peons. Yeah. You know? so, We're like nothing to So, her. I, just, I just feel like she's too insulated for anything to ever slip. Like, that's think so about crazy. when something happens on social media or something is released in the media regarding Beyonce like mm-hmm. when I say that shit is gone mm-hmm. like before you can blink and you better mm-hmm. screenshot the hell out of mm-hmm. it like it's gone she's insulated <sighs> like that's just I can't do nothing but respect it no I, I I'm not mad at it I yeah. mean to yeah cause even with the whole Jay Z thing like even still like she's never come out and said like 
this man cheated on me. Like, and you can even, you can infer. But he said it, though. He said it. He did. He said it. And, okay, agree with me or not. Here's here's my theory on this uh, Everything is Love album. That was a Guild album. On whose behalf? Jay-Z's Jay-Z? behalf. I think 444 was a Guild album. Mm. Because if you think about all the songs that he created, this was him exposing his trauma and things that he's done. Yeah. And then Everything is Love is the redemption album. Ooh. It's kind of like, okay, we've made it past this. We've got therapy. We've asked for forgiveness. And I we still care. stand it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ooh. we made it through. We beat the statistics. Ew. So, that's how I look at it. I'm not mad at that. Because if you look, listen to every song on 444, I love that album. He exposed himself. Was... And, and he got a lot of fans for that because he was, like, truly in his authentic space. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like he looked very uncomfortable in the age shit video. You know? When you think about it, when you think if about you think it. about it, like he always has this like stance. Yeah, like I really don't feel like being bothering humans. Like that's just his <laughs> mo right now. Like he he got his hair going, like his Rastafarian thing. Like he don't really deal with humans right now. Can like, we really quickly talk about before I like truly introduce you? Can yeah. we truly? Where did Trey Songs? Where did Trey Songs' child come from? <laughs> Trey Songs has a child. Yeah, um, somebody said something about the mom of his child. I can't remember what I was listening to, but apparently the mom of the mother of his child was dating like three other people at the time, and I think he had posted her foot. You remember he posted a foot, and somebody came under that post, and I don't know, is it deleted? You know, like right people delete stuff. We we're (laughs) we're down a rabbit hole. Okay, really quickly, (laughs) I don't know if this baby. The mother of his child is. I'm still pissed at Drake, but whatever, it's fine. Did you see his? his listen. I'm like, is she white? It, yeah, she is white. But I'm thankful that his son looks like him. Yeah. But, but is she white? <laughs> I found out that she was white the other day because when he posted, like, day. I was yesterday years old when I found out. I'm like, hey. Because, look, I went on, um, oh I seen his post either. about his son's name. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Adonis. Like, yeah. And then I went, I'm like, who's the mother of Adonis? Right. So I put, put that in Google, you know. And you were like, this, it can't be this white woman. You're like, absolutely not. I'm like, bitch. I, I think she's a French stripper. But my whole thing is she I know. knew. I know. Have a baby by me, baby. Be Literally be That's a millionaire. It. That's it. I'm like, listen, you dated Serena. You dated Rihanna. You couldn't get another pregnant. I'm just confused. I'm just like. They probably didn't want to get pregnant. And then I'm Serena so dropped him by this. Is he white? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the thing. Maybe yeah, we were just. Know. We never know. We're outsiders. We're fucking outliers. <laughs> we don't know shit. I to, really, like, what is happening? I've been trying to piece shit together I know, all the time. Like honestly, but it's so hard. It's so hard, especially if you have like a legit life. Like, and I think people who don't have time to do that. I was yesterday years old when I realized Erica Mena. And Safari are like legit married. Had no idea. Yeah. And Nicki Minaj is there? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did he get Nicki's tattoo covered up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh. I don't know about that. But they, like she's pregnant. Damn. She's pregnant. Folks, they, they, they be, be popping moving. fast. They be like moving. Cassie's about to drop. They be moving like. And Diddy's still steady telling her congratulations. Right. Like, I said, come on. Come on, Diddy. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Hey, did you hear about Lori Harvey? What's she doing? So apparently she's. She was locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Lori Harvey was locked up. Yes. Let me look up the story real quick. Wait. Okay, I just read an article saying that Lori Harvey and Future might be together. Oh, which if she does that, that's she has not been reading her uh, father's books. Period. But that's our stepfather. Stepfather. She ain't been reading. Okay, Lori Harvey arrested after a hit and run. Oh. CNN. Oh. Yeah, if it may CNN, that's like... You know, Anderson Cooper don't lie. Yeah, Lori, Har- Lori Harvey, a model and the stepdaughter of comedian and television host Steve Harvey, was arrested over the weekend after a single vehicle car accident, according to the Beverly Hills Police. She received a misdemeanor hit-and-run citation. So she fleed the scene, basically. Kind of like what Kevin Hart did? Is that not what he did? When did he flee the scene? <laughs> we're, we're, this, we're just going to title this show Yesterday Years Old. So, <laughs> because we're just finding out way too much shit. So, basically, Kevin Hart, and, and listeners, please feel free to read me for Phil. I'm just going off of like, in between school, like, this is what I've, I've seen. Kevin Hart basically got into an accident. Okay. With two other people in the car, maybe one or two other people in the car, and he leave the scene. But how did he but believe he was hurt? That That's what people were confused about. So they were like, wait, so did you flee? Or the, like, so they think people like his team came and got him because I think the women or the woman and the man that he was with were like people that could have been very problematic. Oh. Right. So people, the theory is that the theory. So y'all came and got this man with broken limbs. Yeah. Before I took him to the hospital. That's like they the, didn't deal with nobody else in the car, though. They just got him. And where did they take him? I don't know. That's like some boys in the hood shit. Yeah. Like, y'all took Ricky and right. laid him on his mom's couch, mm-hmm. like, instead of going to the hospital. Yeah, don't get me started on okay. that. Okay. Sh- <laughs> that shit is so pissing me off. Yeah. Like, why? Why? But there's actually this... Okay, so if you're on Twitter, there's this guy... Oh, I'm going to put it in the bio or in the, the um, description, because I can't think of his name right now. He writes threads about like different conspiracies and theories like in hip hop in um like in black culture oh, please tell me Tupac is one please tell me it's, Tupac, Tupac is, one. is one okay but so they talk about he talks about like the beef between the east and the west coast during mm-hmm. that time and like how Tupac was basically like like he was an east coast person the only or east coaster or whatever but the only reason exactly the only reason that he decided to be repping California is because basically he felt that Diddy and, or formerly known as Pub Daddy, or formerly known as Sean Combs. Sean Combs. So many aliases. Right. That him and Biggie had a vendetta against him because they felt, okay, all right. If I, I don't want to piss him off. I think his name is Brian V something. I'm going I'm to put it in the description. But anyway, basically what the thread talked about was that time that Tupac got shot in the studio, yeah, in New York. In New York. Biggie and Diddy were there. And what happened was, and someone else who I can't think of right now, but the way that they reacted to the situation, Tupac was basically like, y'all planned this shit. Right. Because they, because basically he, they were very calm. They came afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were like very calm. Blah, blah, blah. And so he's like, y'all really like, y'all did this. Like y'all really had And that's when he started going off. And that's when he started going off. Yeah. And so basically he started threatening. But they were like drug dealers invested too, because yeah. they were like, high profile 
New York drug dealers invest uh, like kind of into that situation as well that he was going against as well. Yeah. And then basically Suge came and was like, I got you. Bro. I got you. Like you you my so bro just come, now. come come be a part of death row, whatever. Yeah. And then boom. Come to death row. California you love. You want all your people dancing in your video. Right. It's like, you know. Yeah. And that's when he made the legendary, one of the most legendary lines. Yeah. First off. Yeah. Oh. Fuck your bitch and the click you playing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's my uncle. And he's still living somewhere. I don't know. We have to oh my God. Him. Yeah. He ain't dead. No, he's not. You don't, you don't think he's dead either? No, I don't think he's dead. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm so excited. Like, nobody <laughs> believes me. They think I'm crazy. I don't think but he's I'm dead. Like, he's, a, he's, he's alive. He's Two pops back. Rick Ross voice. Mmm. Yeah. All right. That's it. Let's get back into. Where is your shot I glass? I can't find my shot glass, y'all. Oh, oh, it's over there. Okay, I'll go grab it for okay. you. Okay. So, I'll introduce real quick. So, now that you've heard literally 13 minutes of conspiracy theories, Deja is one of my friends from my former place of employment. Um, and now we live right down the street from one another. Both of our former places. But, yeah, both of our, yes. And now she lives right down the street from me. And she's changed jobs. And now I'm pouring in grad school. Thank you. Um, and so she's also a soror. And, like, she's amazing. That's all I got. So, basically... I asked her to be on the show because she's lit, and every time that I walk into this here house, I'm drunk, and it's her fault, and I want this noted on the show. Ooh, she's not disagreeing with me. Yes. I'm drinking water right now. However, Chelsea chooses to partake (laughs) in whatever festivities I have going on at the moment. However, they always seem to involve alcohol. That's true. But also, outside of being a lit person, Deja has really, really good advice. She's read me for Phil's a thousand times. (laughs) Her, Zoe, and I have, like, a standing brunch date that we do every month, um, which we missed this past weekend. Yeah. I realized I looked at my counter. We missed. It's okay. But um, we basically all go to this restaurant called Bus Boys and Poets, and we all, like, just literally one by one. Mainly it's me and Zoe. They should they should be getting us together. But no, like, you guys help me too. We do help. Oh, we do. We yeah. Do. Okay. Exactly. I, was, I was thinking. I was like, dang, maybe we don't. No, you help me a lot. Oh, Deja. <laughs> but like, yeah. So each of us kind of go and like talk about whatever's going on in whatever part it's of our lives. For hours. Yeah, it, like literally for hours, and we just like kind of talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. So the last few times that we've been. Deja has really been helpful in my dating, I guess, journey. Like, yeah. I just feel like as I've kind of moved to College Park, like, one, I'm attracting light-skinned men. So something's up. Something is (laughs) happening. Um, And I'm attracted to light-skinned men. So there's, like, this weird, there's a weird transition there. Um, But also, I've been trying to understand like really what kind of time I can devote to a relationship like school is a lot like a lot and every time I'm like oh I should probably like I'm like a paper though like paper Mm -hmm. and I just I don't know how people and I don't know how you like did grad school or relationship like life like I don't I don't know I don't I don't, I don't know either. That's another topic. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. So, um, Deja usually gets me together in my dating life. Um, but one of, 
one of the things that I've been kind of, I wouldn't even, I would say struggling with is like, I've been in situations where I've really like detached from like emotional vulnerability, like really being open. Like, I'm just like, you know, kind of, it is what it is kind of thing. Um, and Deja basically read me for sure and was like, how are you going to get into a relationship if you do that? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's a good point. So she's been giving me like, kind of like different challenges to like, kind of like be a little bit more vulnerable, be a little more boundary focused. And literally this week I had to ask a couple people that were still like messaging me where we've had history. And I'm like, so why do you continue to talk to me? Like what's, and both of them basically said like, oh, you're cool. Like, you know, we, you know, like I enjoy your time, but I'm like, okay, you don't enjoy my time enough to date me though. So like, what's up? And basically I was just like, so we can't talk anymore. And that's like really hard. Cause I think again, when you're like detached, <clears throat> you take everything as it is. Mm-hmm. Like you're just taking it for what it is. But I think as I transition, you have to be just more intentional. And yes. that's really yeah. fucking hard. It is in this space, especially if you're not used to doing it. Would you like me to turn the AC up? No, turn up. Okay. We're taking a shot. Yep. This might have been the drunkest I've been on the show since forever. Okay. I gotta get my liver right for homecoming. My God. Homecoming is November 2nd. Winthrop's homecoming is 14th. You have time. 15th. You have time. All Winthrop listeners, my liver is not like how it was before. So She has time. So whoever wants to give her jello shots Whoa, and say, hi, good. Chelsea. Do hi, it. Chelsea. Do it. Give her jello hi. shots. Man, Winthrop, we, man, I just, I got to get my shit together for that. Anyway, so I wanted Deja to come on here and talk about a couple of different things. One, Deja made a huge, like, career shift. Yeah. Like, a huge career shift, which I'm so proud of you for. Thank you. Um, so I would love to, like, kind of hear what you did, like, what you wanted to do, and then how you kind of got into this new career that you're on. Sure. And it doesn't have to be super formal, because I think we're both a little witty. Yeah. I think... <laughs> So, for starters, like, um, I've always been, in the past, because I no longer Mm -hmm. do this, or at least I try not to, Mm -hmm. second guess Mm -hmm. um, my competency or things that I am capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And so, I let comfort get in the way of that. And I just transitioned to this area, it's almost been a year in November, wow. Um, And I took the job that I was most comfortable with doing because I knew how to do it instead of looking for something that challenged me. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of me being like um, less confident in certain areas, I like to challenge myself. And so that's almost like a, what do you call it? A contradiction? Yeah, a contradiction. Mm-hmm. It's like on one end of the spectrum, I like to challenge myself. And then mm-hmm. on the other end, it's like, well, I only take things that make me feel comfortable because mm-hmm. I know that I can get it or I can do it. And do it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, when I took this job, um, 
I met some amazing people, Chelsea being one of them. Mm-hmm. However, like the experience outside of the specific audience that I was serving at the moment, like the experience really gave me um, insight on where I wanted to be and where I currently was at at the time. And I just wasn't happy. Like I found myself being very toxic. Mm-hmm. Like I was complaining every day about work and mm-hmm. just things that I did not want. But lo and behold, like God was molding me because mm-hmm. I'm a spiritual person. Yeah. Um, even though I am drinking tequila right now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a spiritual person. Same um, turn up too. God was molding me for what was to come, and so things that I had manifested, like. I don't want anyone that's micromanaging me because I don't come from that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I come from a space where I can be creative, where I can utilize my optimism or um, my positive thinking and also, like, just have a space to create. And I did not have that in this last space. In the space that they tried to give me, that it was very limited. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, okay, you can do this, but you can't do that. And right. it's like, you know, if you... Are dealing with a creative you cannot limit when mm-hmm. ideas come to their head like and so for me the pat the those 10 months really like gave me insight onto like what i did not want right and so probably like six months in no probably like four months in four months in yeah. um I just started coming into to Chelsea's office every day, and I'm like, I have to get out. I feel like I'm going to get out. Like, I got to get out. And she was like, apply, do these things. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do that. And she was like, no, apply, do these things. So shout out to her for that. Like, she really gave me the motivation to put myself out there um, and just really helped me with on a professional level. So we, we like, share, share skills. Yeah. We bounce things off one another. Yeah. Um, so... Around that time, I started looking for jobs, and I applied for things that, one, I may have not been qualified for, I was overqualified for, and then, like, um, things that I just knew how to do. Um, And it really, it really was an eye-opening experience during that time because it was like, okay, are you going to stick this out until something else comes along that is going to challenge you and yeah. give you that space to transition like you want to? Yeah. Or are you going to take something that you already know how to do mm-hmm. just because you're ready to get out? And so mm-hmm. you really have to ask yourself in that space when you are transitioning. Like, this is something that I had to ask myself. What are you willing to sacrifice so that you can get mm-hmm. what you manifested or what you prayed for? And I was, like, on my breaking point when... I was just like, I have to get out of this space. Mm-hmm. But God was just like, no, like, just stay. Mm-hmm. Just stay. I promise you, I got you. And, like, nine months in, I was getting, like, so many job interviews and things like that. And I ended up not getting a couple. Mm-hmm. But those weren't for me mm-hmm. because it was something else for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and about nine months in, this company reached out to me on LinkedIn. Use LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Is the plug. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. They reached mm-hmm. out to me and I was like, is this like a chain message? You mm-hmm. know, I hate mm-hmm. chain messages. So I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it's like a telemarketing mm-hmm. or whatever. And I responded. Mm-hmm. And like, I had three interviews with them and I did not prepare at all. I was just myself. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the things that I had done the past six years of my career and how I wanted to make a shift. However, I am a sponge. I'm a quick learner. I would find an answer, like things like that, like I'm a go-getter. And Obviously, that's that stuck out to them mm-hmm. because I was offered the job. Yeah, 
In the midst of that, I was also offered a job that I accepted. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> which yeah. was doing the same thing that I had just got done doing. But I took that out of, like, I don't want to say out of fear. Because I didn't know that I had this other mm-hmm. job yet. Mm-hmm. I took it because, like, okay, maybe. It was just, better. It, it was, was better. better right? And it, it, it paid more. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I wasn't getting paid shit. Yeah. Okay. So it paid more. And I'm like, okay, let me do this for a year or so. And. Mm-hmm. It gave me the flexibility to have my summers off. Okay, boom, mm-hmm. I could do something else. I could be working on X, Y, and Z. But then this other opportunity came, and I really had to choose and decide. And this is where Chelsea came in a lot. I'm like, listen, I just started this other gig two weeks ago. Do I tell them goodbye or whatever? And she was like, yeah, shit, white people do it all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> no, but I'm, like, really loyal, like, to the point like if you see me I will show you my tattoo on my back I have a tattoo on my back and this this tattoo is like 12 years old but anyway I'm loyal like that's just a, <laughs> that's just a characteristic of that's who I, I am that. that's like the measurement do you I'm, see this yeah bro with a locket that means click tight you yes know? anyway so I, I really felt like an obligation and like loyal um, I really felt loyal to this organization, which I love them for giving me an opportunity, but I had to decide, okay, do you want to make a shift in your career? Or do you want to remain stagnant and mm. but still have flexibility? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was hesitant about taking this new role because I felt incompetent. Like, mm. I don't know if I can do this. This is something totally different. When in reality, this is what I asked for. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, like myself was like, my subconscious was like, didn't you ask for this? Mm-hmm. You know, when you ask for something and it, yeah, happens, it happens, yeah. That, you're like, oh, scary. wait a minute. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's scary. Yeah. It's very scary. And so I'm like, okay, I really took my time when I mm-hmm. made the decision. I. And this is the first time I did that. Like, usually, not usually, because I don't want to put that on myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I make decisions that are rushed mm-hmm. without thinking things through clearly mm-hmm. um, and have all the facts and the data that I need to be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. This time I did not. Mm-hmm. It took me about four or five days to make a decision. And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes jobs are like, okay, we're going to move on to the next person. Right. I'm like, listen, if it's for me, it's for me. Absolutely. So I took time. I communicated with all the proper channels. I reached out to different resources to ask them, the people that matter to me that was able to pour into me about this decision mm-hmm. process, people that I trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to them, and they gave me insight, and I pulled pieces from our conversations mm-hmm. and prayed on it, and I was able to make a sound decision. And what was going to stop me was not the fact that um, I didn't feel like I was qualified for this job, because I am. Mm-hmm. It was me stopping me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can do this. I feel mm-hmm. incompetent. Like, mm-hmm. what if this happens? And I had all these preconceived notions mm-hmm. about what this job would be like when it's totally mm-hmm. not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up accepting the role, and it's, like, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even describe, like, what I would have been like had I not accepted this mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. and I know that I should have accepted it because had I not mm-hmm. I would have been saying like I should damn have. I should have accepted yeah. it yeah and anytime you have a question like that like yeah. you should be going with the mm-hmm. the one that you feel like your spirit is leading you towards and this yeah. is the one even though my flesh was like no you can't do this you just need to stay comfortable mm-hmm. stay with what you're doing you already know how to do it mm-hmm. you already a subject matter expert mm-hmm. in this area and so that gave me more reason to, to accept this other role because I'm mm-hmm. like, I can become a subject matter expert in another area. Yeah. Even if I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, I'll have multiple professions mm-hmm. under my belt to yep. where if somebody comes to me, I can do all things. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that's who I was created to be. So I cannot limit myself to just one track. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, you get up and you're 16, you're like, damn, I only did this one thing yeah. for yeah. 40 years. Yeah. No, I want to be like, I did X, Y, and Z. I helped this person. Mm-hmm. This person helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be a person who's like limited. Yeah. Because I'm limitless. You know. I love that. So. I'm going to touch on a few different things that you said. So I think that what I find a lot. And, you know, you and I have talked about this all the time. And I, I'm serious. White people do that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't have any fear. That's part of their white privilege. But also, there's no fear of, like, oh, no, I can't do it. And I think as black, especially young black professionals, we like to stay kind of in that realm because it represents security. Like, I know I can do this well. I know that I can, you know, I can do this and I feel stable. And it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm not going to pay this much, but whatever. Like, you know, and... What I'm learning in my classes, one of my classes that I'm taking is nonprofit management. And we talk about the racial leadership gap all the time. And we talk about how basically, especially like in, in places of like service, of public service, black people or people of color, they say, but I'm, I'm saying black, black people have more loyalty. They have more loyalty. They have more commitment to the mission, all that stuff. And that's the thing that keeps them there, but it also is the thing that keeps them stagnant. Mm-hmm. And you remember from our former job, a lot of people stay there mm-hmm. because they're they're bound to the mission, but they hate it there. Yep. They hate it there. And I'm always like, okay, well, look, you can either get up and move, you can get up and make it make it happen, or you stay here and you shut up. Like, I mean, that's it. Like, you're you're able to make that transition. You just really have to like believe in yourself in order to do that, and that's the piece. And especially like what you said, I love what you said about like. You know, you're asking for this, but that it's it's scary. Like now like it's in front of you, you're like, oh crap, like, okay, this is really happening. And that's I think that's another portion of it too. Like most of the time when people have that, they're like, Okay, well I'm gonna still be fearful and I'm gonna keep pushing, like, I'm gonna just do what I know. But I would really encourage anyone that's listening that's thinking about like a career shift, do it. Like, do it. Like I, you don't like what you say, you don't wanna wake up sixty years later like I've literally been this person. I know people who've been in one position for like 20, 30 years. Like that's insane. Like all these jobs out here, people making their own jobs, people are freaking social media influencers, all that stuff. If you have a passion, go for it. If you are are remotely interested in something, do it. And my theory is always, if you qualify, or even if you don't, you qualify for at least one or two things in that job, apply for it. You Mm -hmm. never know what kind of person they say that they're looking for a person that has da, 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 but you never know and like what you said you said i'm a sponge i can you know i'm moldable like i can learn these things that's really what someone wants right and a good boss that's another piece too a good boss a good manager is going to notice that and say okay so she him or her they have these skills right and like, while it's not exactly what I need, I can mold it into what is needed for the job. Mm-hmm. Cause I just need someone that's gonna be able to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so I think as, again, young black professionals, we just can't be stagnant. And I've talked to a lot of people about this. Like, I think a lot of people are sometimes shocked, which they shouldn't be cause I'm a military brat, but like that I've, I've been up here for so long. God bless you. you. And I'm always like, look, the opportunities up here, they're endless. They're endless. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I had a conversation with someone from Twitter the other day, someone from Google. Like, could I do those things back home? Absolutely. 
will I be within arm's length of them? No. Like, you know what I mean? And so then you'll like, be comfortable. And then I'll be comfortable. The cost of living is cheaper. You have yeah. your family. You have all of these yeah. resources that yeah. create us a, a bubble of comfort yeah. that will not push you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and that's no shade to anyone back home. I mean, do what you got to do. But for me, I I think also there's this portion of like, there is a portion of, I think there is a bit of privilege in that, of like being able to just be like, I'm like, when I said I was moving to, so post-college, I moved to Raleigh, Princeton, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Baltimore, and DC. Not once did my parents ever say like, no, you should my mom was fearful when I moved to Baltimore. Yeah. But there was never like a, we're not going to support you. We're not going to do this. Exactly. So there is a, a, a little bit of privilege in that. But I think that that's needed in order to kind of do what you have to do. And if you don't have that support, then I mean, I, I mean, you still got to do what you got to do. You got to live for you, right? Like, and it sucks and there will be struggle. There will be sacrifice, but... I think you. I think what we have to continue thinking about is like, what is the short-term sacrifice that we can make to really set us up for the rest of our lives? And I think a lot of people choose to be to be comfortable because they can see that. Yeah, they, they can, can see, see comfort mm-hmm. and they can see like, oh, this is what's working for me now. Yeah. I have these things in a row, and that's mm-hmm. a level of control mm-hmm. that when you get to a certain point, you have to release that. Yeah. Like as a as I'm talking to you as a control freak. Yeah, I'm about to say like, me too. I'm control freak one on one. We can take a course. <laughs> However, it comes a point in time when you have to like realize it, even if you're like a spiritual person, whomever you decide to serve, like how much control do I actually have? Mm-hmm. Like you're in this body that's borrowed, mm-hmm. right? And it's like I don't really have control over this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's just me. I'm here to do a mission. Boom. Mm-hmm. With that, I have to make sure that I reach every peak that I'm supposed to. And that may require certain things that I'm, that's foreign to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, home is always home. And that's yeah. my theory. Yeah. Like, if a ball else fails, I can always I go, go home. home. Right. Mm-hmm. But... And again, some people don't have that option. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But if you are a person that is comfortable in this area that you grew up in your entire life and you mm-hmm. desire more, but you just can't get over that, mm-hmm. like, hump, mm-hmm. your subconscious is telling you, like, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Home is always home. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's how I've always felt. And I think I had an advantage because I went away to mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. I did not go to school in the same city that mm-hmm. I was born and raised in. Right. And so for me, that just opened me up to entire different spaces. Like, wow, it's other people that come from these different backgrounds mm-hmm. that look like me however they have different like cultures and things like that I'm really interested to learn more about that mm-hmm. like I used to travel with my friends a lot going mm-hmm. home like just to see mm-hmm. like it's other black people doing different things mm-hmm. and we should be exposed to that mm-hmm. we should be exposed to different cities like God created this entire world for mm-hmm. us to have access to and if and we are deciding to stay in this one space right. because of comfort right and so I'm just I'm not Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to do that. Right. You know, and some people don't have the means to do that right away. Mm-hmm. However, if you feel like you can do it or if mm-hmm. you have the resources to do it or if you ever want to do it, just make a mm-hmm. plan mm-hmm. and be open to it changing because everything is not going to go mm-hmm. as planned. Like, yeah, I have plenty of plans and God be like, I'll be like, you tried it. You tried it. I but, tell the story I tell all the time is, um, you, but also I think the other pieces, you have to be 
vulnerable enough to ask for help. And I think yeah. I think what I've learned being in this, like one being in the nonprofit field, but two like being in this area, there are older black people, more accomplished black people, more successful black people, whatever you deem that as, that are willing to go above and beyond to mentor and support you. Yeah. And I think for me, like the best example I have when I first, um, when I got my internship at MTV, oh no, I'm sorry, rewind. Before I even had my internship at MTV, I was interning at a, a PR firm in Charlotte. The PR firm was like, we're doing a release party, I don't know, in New York. I had no knowledge of what that meant. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go to New York and at least network, like I'm just go. I had no, they didn't offer me any housing, any lodging, no monies, no nothing. Literally, I contacted a Winthrop alum who I interviewed years prior to that, who I remember lived in New York and I was like, hey, I'm gonna be in New York. Do you mind if I stay with you? Blah, blah, no problem, I got you. She came to the event with me, ended up meeting someone who uh, worked at MTV at the time. She pulls me over and that's the other thing, right? Like being able to kind of like bring in someone yeah. and like connect. Um, and she was like, yeah, this is Chelsea. She's majoring in mass comm, da, 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 da. You have an internship, you guys need to connect, goodbye. Literally, that's what she did. And no lie, I emailed him. Once I applied, I said, hey, I applied. He never responded. But then I knew that he was working because literally when I started MTV, I was in the same department as him, like wow. across. Yeah. And he never once did anything to make it seem like, I got you this internship, da, 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 because it didn't need to be said. I could already tell that he What's had been working behind. I did not yeah. have to explain. He, he was already... It, didn't know me from a campaign, like literally, like just off the strength of like, you are a young black person, you know this person, I trust that she would connect me with someone that's not trash, yeah. literally. And that's what you need. I feel like, especially as young black professionals, you need someone that can advocate and not, and understanding the difference between like, there's different types of mentors. Like there's mentors that I reach out to for actual advice. There's mentors that I reach out to like, hey, I know you're connected to so-and-so, can you connect me? And then there's mentors that are like, I just want to bounce this idea off you or like they're like literally just sending me stuff like they can't help me with none else except I saw this you need to apply mm -hmm. or I encourage you to apply and I think that you have to build that network up because one it helps you learn how to be a better mentor and two you have you need people you so need like, people you have to understand like and use your discernment as to what type of connection you have with this person exactly. so like Mentor is very broad, but like right. you just said, there's mm -hmm. different types. Mm -hmm. So there may be mentors where you call and mm -hmm. you like, you know, spill everything to, and there mm -hmm. may be like the straight to the point, like, okay, mm -hmm. you're calling me, what do you need? Right. Type mentor. And then mm -hmm. there may be ones that are just, that'll last for a season. Like mm -hmm. mentor is so broad. Yeah, exactly. But understanding that how broad it is, is an advantage. Yeah. And understanding that this is who I have access to for this. This is mm -hmm. who I have access to for this. Like that, it helps tremendously because yeah. I can remember like along this journey prior to me moving mm -hmm. here I had mentors for specific reasons mm -hmm. some that I still call some mm -hmm. that I you know I may touch base with every now and right. then yeah, keep them in the loop. and yeah. some may that just needed to speak a word to me in that moment yeah. mm -hmm. and then I also mentor students who yeah. that I used to serve since mm -hmm. seventh grade mm -hmm. they may call me for, for specific things mm -hmm. some may be academic related some mm -hmm. may be you know just mm -hmm. personal social mm -hmm. and emotional related but they know what they call me for mm -hmm. and it's like you have to know that when you mm -hmm. are dealing with mentorship yeah. as a as a component of your life yeah like, you know. i think that but i think 
I mean, even the space that we used to work in, like, access and exposure is super important. That, that, I mean, that changes the trajectory of your life. Being able to understand that this person has exposed me to this or this opportunity has exposed me to this, had, it, like, I, I never thought about moving to freaking Princeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even know that was a real thing. I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. I don't, I know there's school up here, whatever. Because of a connection actually through our sorority um literally who ended up being my boss out there she gave me an internship off the i had no marketing experience none she was just like i want to help mentor you i'm going to put you in this marketing department just to get you at least exposed to like what it is here and from that i was able to make connections with people who are getting their phds right now who are the same age as me you know what i mean like people who i mean just this whole realm of whatever. And I went back home that after that summer, after my internship, again, had no job. I get a phone call two months later. Hey, Chelsea, do you want a job? I'm gonna create a job for you. Like, same mentor, right? Like, same person who brought me up there. And never in my life did I think I would move to Princeton, but I was like, okay, whatever. Now, did I have a fun time in Princeton? No. But I got what I needed from that job. Mm-hmm. I got what I needed from that experience. And it helped me learn, like, okay, if I'm not living in South Carolina, like, here's the kind of city that I want to live in. Yes. And you mold yourself. And I literally, after I lived in Princeton, I said, I'm going to find the blackest city I can find on this here East Coast. Boom, Baltimore. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I think you have to be in those spaces. And I can't wait to, like, grow up and, like, grow up. Like my grow, grow up, get married, whatever, and yeah. have kids, and like we're talking about, like I, I would, I want to talk to them about like, yeah, after college, I didn't stay in one place. Like I, I moved around. Like mm-hmm. I did this, I did that. Like, and I want that same thing for you. Like I don't want you to, I want you to explore. I want you to do. I was just talking to someone else um, who was telling me, I think around probably like two or three years after he had graduated, he went to I mean, Europe somewhere for like yeah. a year his parents were like freaking out like what are you doing blah blah he was like i just i need to be exposed. that was probably the best experience he yep he's like i needed that like mm-hmm. i just needed to kind of be on my own like try some stuff out like blah blah and he's like i'm just so much better for it but i think i think i think but we hold ourselves back from that we do because we're scared we're scared we and we're thinking so deep fear. into it like we're like we are like naturally overthinkers yep. we are control freaks mm-hmm. and we're fearful yeah and those three things don't work mm-hmm. together at all like they are not bffs at all not bffs um and i think three things that you said that stuck out to me mm-hmm. maybe two Whatever, three. If I say three, whatever. You took three to keep the shots. One, yes. <laughs> One is exposure. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, when we think about mentorship, mm-hmm. we, we kind of think about a person that's older than us. Like, yeah. I can honestly say, like, my view on mentorship is different. Absolutely. Because I can say, like, Chelsea exposed me to different things. So, mm-hmm. in that space, she was a mentor in that. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mentorship does not mean that a person has to be a specific age or they have to have like Mm -hmm. oh I'm 40 years older than you so I'm you know because that don't mean nothing it doesn't it doesn't because I've had experiences with mentors who tried to throw their age on me Mm -hmm. and it was like "Mm." right okay but anyways it's like we mentor each other Mm -hmm. in certain spaces Mm -hmm. so I guess I I, we can coin the phrase (laughs) we expose (laughs) yep exposure ship yeah whatever yeah did you just 
I did. Ooh. Trademark. Um, exposureship. So yeah, like if you <laughs> don't be afraid to ask for help. But the, right. the other thing that you that you said to me was mold. Like you did mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. feel like you wanted to stay in Princeton mm-hmm. however you knew that there was something there that you needed to get mm-hmm. and so like no it may you may be in a space where you feel like I hate it here mm-hmm. I do not want to be here but mm-hmm. you your 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 spirit is telling you like just stay for a mm-hmm. little bit longer mm-hmm. or you have a reminder like okay just stick it out mm-hmm. that was my experience at work yeah. it was like okay I was willing to take any job and then right. it was like I was not even getting jobs that I was knew I was qualified for mm-hmm. like I bartend on the side, yeah. and I couldn't even get those shots. I was like, "Y'all got hired for bartending? What is this?" So that that was just yeah. that was just a reminder, like, do not settle, and also like, this space is molding you for something that you are going to experience next. Like, I was just talking to one of my mentees the other day, and he was like. I'm just going to quit and get a regular job. I'm like, well, you didn't move here to get a regular job. You moved here to take this experience. It'll be over in five months. Mm -hmm. This is going to help you with whatever you're supposed to be doing next. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're supposed to be doing next, Mm -hmm. but this, what you're in now is going to help you. Right. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Telling you happened Mm -hmm. to me multiple times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just stay. Yeah. Stick it out. And I think also another thing you said, like, I think, so I really pay attention to, when people are like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to leave. So one thing, again, like my piece of advice, and I'm not, you know, career advice person, whatever. But one thing that I've learned, if you're motivated just by leaving, so the stuff that you applied to, like what you just said, like I applied for all these things that I knew I was qualified for and I didn't get it. And you have to, there still has to be an intentionality. Mm-hmm. You still have, like, okay, yes, you want to get out of the space, but what are you going to do? But all those things are blocked because someone is saying... That's not what you're supposed to be doing anyway. Exactly. That, like, why would you quit and go do the same thing? You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And so, what I challenge people is, like, when you're looking for a new job, even if you're motivated by, like, I hate this place, I hate this place, I hate this place, really try to find something. I've never, when I worked at my old place, I had never, I didn't even know what development was. I I was like, what is fundraising? You I don't bodied know I mean. that shit, though. No, thank you, love. Bodied. Thank you, love. Yeah. But I, literally, only the only advantage I had was I was a good writer. Mm-hmm. That was it. That All they needed was a good writer. I was like, all that other stuff I can learn. You know what I mean? And now I'm, like, going to school for it. So, like, you just never know. And I always tell people, like, especially with grad school, if you can, like, take some time, really figure out what you want to do. Because if I would have went into grad school right after school, I would have had my master's in like either higher ed, which I'm still considering, master's in higher ed or um, like communication. And I went to high, and I think most people follow me on Instagram. I went to Hopkins for like a semester and got, I was going towards my master's in communication. Hated it. And that was one of those things I did because I was like, I'm com- I know communication. I know I'm a good writer. I know I'm a good interviewer. I know I'm a good journalist. I can do that. Hated it. Hated, hated, hated it. And the only reason I, re- I remember, I was looking at public policy programs and I said, I can't do it because I'm terrified of math. Literally that, I was like, I can't do it. I'm going to stick in my comfort zone. The same reason I decided to go in communication. I'm going to stick into my comfort zone. I like it. I'm good at it. People say I'm a conversationalist, whatever. That first semester, I was like, this is not it. This is not it. This is not for me. And I left. And literally everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why are you leaving Hopkins? Like, you got into Hopkins. And I'm like, Some, something's not right. Like, I don't feel I don't feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so it, I, it, it didn't right. fit me. So, like, I had to recalibrate. And I was like, all right, Chelsea. 
if you had no fear, what would you go for? And I literally, Maryland was the only school I applied to. I put all my eggs in Maryland's basket. Which, and now look at you. Look at me now. She's the finesse queen. Like, she's going to school I for try. free. I am. Um, and I'm like, how are you doing this? But <laughs> even to your point yeah. about things not feeling right mm-hmm. or, like, going after something, like, it's all about intentionality. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I have a master's right now. However, I went six months after I graduated with my undergraduate degree because I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know what else is next. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared to walk across the stage. Mm-hmm. Credit-wise, I was. Mm-hmm. Mentally and social emotionally, I was not because me being first gen, me being like, you know, like, oh, I have to get a job right away, and that didn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to go figure out what's next. Yeah. So I went after things that I was interested in, but mm-hmm. midway through the program, I'm like, I really don't like this for real, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to stop anything. So I yeah. finished it. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I was talking to a friend today, and I'm like, if I ever go back to get another master's, mm-hmm. which I probably will, or a PhD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, depending if I want to be in school that long, girl, yes. it's going to be something one that's free. Yeah, so I have student loan debt. Yeah, uh, two, something that I really want to do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that could change. It could change, it changes over time. Like what I wanted to do four or five years ago, six, seven years ago, eight, nine, ten years ago. I don't want to do you have anymore. to be okay with that. You gotta be okay with it. You, you can, gotta be okay with that. I want to shout out Super Soul Sundays, yes. Oprah's podcast. Yes. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but it was one podcast talking about how we limit ourselves by just saying like, oh, I'm a teacher, yeah. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a whatever, mm-hmm. instead of just doing it mm-hmm. and then allowing everything else that we're interested in to come like, so I'm not going to say, like, oh, I'm an educator, mm-hmm. um, and then just limit myself to that. Mm-hmm. I know education. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I love to serve. Like, that's the ultimate thing that I love to do. However, yeah. I am interested in these things as well. Yep. And I don't want to limit myself by saying this. And people who have a question about, mm-hmm. oh, she's a swerver. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama was a swerver. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and look at him. Mm-hmm. So, I, to me, I just feel like with you understanding that you have layers mm-hmm. um and one of my good friends we talk about this all the time and she she always says that like i'm multi-layered yeah um and and i love that because she's the one that kind of like put this idea in my head about like live limitless mm-hmm. and it's like we have to because we won't get this time back mm-hmm. and if we look up and we're 40 50 60 and we're like why didn't I go after this? Mm-hmm. I had the same idea that this young 20-year-old is having, but I was too fearful to go for it. Yeah. Or I was too afraid to em- embrace this creative side about me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, we have to embrace those things. And once we start to do that, it'll blow your mind. Like, yeah. my mind is completely blown right now. I went mm-hmm. back and I looked at my Twitter feed mm-hmm. from june or maybe may mm-hmm. and i said like i'm ready to do something else mm. these are the things that i want to do and august like no lie the exact thing happened mm. like when i tell you death and life is in the power of the tongue like mm. it's real and to to give a funny example like uh, a month ago i went out of town for a friend's birthday and i had not packed my bag yet um so when i got back home it was midnight and my flight was at eight the next morning got home my husband and I got home realized I did not have my key files to get in the building but earlier that day I was like I really do not feel like packing a bag I just want to go mm-hmm. and not have to do anything 
keep in mind mm. that I said that. Yep. <laughs> mind you, him and I slept in the car because our fob did not work. Oh, no. No one came out of our building because we stay in the family boarding house building. <laughs> Everyone sleep. Um, and then I, I had to go on my trip with nothing. And that was just a reminder that literally what you put into the atmosphere, the universe, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like it comes to pass. Mm-hmm. And to go back to what my tweet said, I literally said I wanted to do something else. And I had forgot about that. You know, you mm-hmm. tweet stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And I look back on it and I was like, wow, I really said that. And now it's actually coming to pass. Mm-hmm. And it was really scary. So just like literally death laps in the power of the tongue. So I've been trying to watch my tongue and what mm-hmm. I say. Um, because like it's it's really scary, mm-hmm. like scary in a good way. It's like a gift and a curse. Yeah, but yeah, it it, it comes to pass. That's true. So whatever you want and desire, put it out there. Mm-hmm. Pray on it, meditate on it, yeah. yoga on it. Yes, hit a split on it. Whatever you no. decide to do. Did you say? I did. Some people may do that. You know. Um, do that and then it'll, it'll come to pass I, I promise you. you that's that's true i'm a firm believer that's so true i just want to i just want people to i know it sounds cliche but like truly believe in yourself like i, I mean there's no other way to put that but like i feel like all the things that i've been able to do is literally i put myself out there and I'm like, I'm gonna just keep saying it until someone believes it. I'm gonna just keep saying it until like it actually happens. And every time I say it, I get a little bit closer to what I'm trying to do. And it happens. And it happens. Every and that's crazy. That's crazy. The best, another example. So I, um, I applied to University of Maryland, but I almost applied to the school of Wisconsin. All right, as well. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh, girl, it was my safety school. Um, okay. But I, literally, I was sitting there with Zoe. If you listen to my podcast, you know who she is. And Zoe, was, I was sitting there and I was like, I finished my Maryland application. I guess I got to finish this one in Wisconsin. And she's like, do you even want to go to one in Wisconsin? She's like, if you get it, are you going to move? I was like, probably not. She's like, then don't apply. Why would you do that? Like, that's dumb. She's like, put all your, like, put all your eggs in Maryland's basket. She's like, look up some programs that may have a later date. And then if you don't get it, she's like, but you will. If you don't get it. You got other options, like whatever. You can deal with this job another year. And literally, I did not apply, and Maryland was the only one I put my eggs into, and I got it. Like sometimes, really, it is just like I'm just laid all out on the table. So put it all out there. You just gotta put all. You gotta like really, like literally. I was sitting there like I should probably apply. Like you know, I'm always told you gotta apply for safety schools and you gotta do this or whatever. And I was so like, like. I, Cause in my head, I don't have, or in my head at that time, I was like, I don't have traditional policy experience. Like nonprofit management, depending on how you look at it, some people deem it as that, even though it is policy in some aspect. Um, and I was like, they don't look at us and be like, oh, you don't have no policy experience. They gave me funding. They gave me a GA position. They gave me, I'm a philanthropy fellow. Like all these things that I like. Finesse. I am a finesse. But all these things that literally I, I mean, I, I mean, even this, again, if you follow me on Instagram, I got accepted to the Forbes Under 30 oh, Scholars Program. I'm so sorry. I got accepted to the Forbes Under 30 Program. She's so um, modest. I am super modest. Like, uh, anyway, but so I'm going to the Forbes Under 30 Summit next week. And again, I contacted, you know, it's, it's being funded. Like, 
again, these are situations where I was like, I'm gonna find, I'm probably not gonna get it, or whatever. And that's not to say that there has not been things, there's stuff that I fly to all the time that I don't get. But stuff that me, you think you're gonna get, you're right, like, why I'm like, did I get this? Like, literally, this program I applied to, I was like, I'm gonna get that. Totally didn't get that. Um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Don't um, you hate that? I hate that. I was like, dang. <laughs> Dang, but I, again, it just wasn't my time. It's just not meant for me. But I think that I, what I've learned so far in grad school is like one, you just gotta keep putting yourself out there. I've been, I've been using my LinkedIn. Number one, if you do not have a LinkedIn, Plug. I need, I need you to get on it ASAP and be active on it. Don't have like, like really put it as if it's your resume because people pay attention, and that's a great way to network with people. And don't have a selfie as your profile. Don't have it. No, please don't. Go take a picture on a white background if you don't have resources for a headshot. Yeah, like, like this. figure it out. And you don't even have to dress business professional the entire way. Just, you can do top. Yeah. You can do top. Um, another good resource is ProFellow. If you're looking yes. at, like, different fellowships, grad school, all this stuff. That's how I found out about University of Maryland. That's how I found out about the funding option. She sends me stuff out there all the time. I'm I like, do. bro, I'm working. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I was, I, it's also be organized. Like I have a list. Literally, we were talking about this in uh, all the five black people in my class. We were talking about the spreadsheets that we have that have internships and then post-grad stuff. Keep the list of all that because you never know when you may come back to me and you're like, oh, I think I'm there's PhD programs that I have in my postgrad stuff, and I'm like, eh, eh, we'll see. Like, but I want to keep it there just in case I decide to do that. Yeah, keep right? it in your archives. Yeah, I was telling someone today that I've been looking at like Ivy League PhD programs, yes. and that shit is scary. Like that, that shit is scary. Um, it is. It's, it's like, like once you get there, get because I, I, I swear, if I get into an Ivy League PhD program, I'm gonna be like, why am I here? Like, yeah. what the hell? But I think that's an option, but I'm also looking at working full-time, all that stuff or whatever. Yeah. But like, all I can say is don't limit yourself, y'all. That's it. And young black people, I swear, everything that you do, don't be fearful to ask for help. Don't be fearful to, you know, be... And put, like, I tell people all the time, even if you have a job, still be... Tell people you are still looking for a job. Still Always looking. be looking. Always be looking. And always email people back. Oh, yes. Always email. You said this a couple of, I don't know, I don't, mm. I don't, one of our many conversations. Right, exactly. You always said, like, make sure that you email people immediately after you apply. Mm-hmm. And one of my other, my last sister, she told me that, too. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as you apply, mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. Or have invite that person to coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She did that. And she ended up getting a job a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. And now she's making six figures. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. keep those relationships with people. Relationships matter. Yep. Yep. Any other piece of advice? No. We didn't even get to the things that we were supposed to talk about. Welcome to my podcast. (laughs) Welcome to my podcast where we have a plan. And that just means you need to come on again. Yeah. I would love to. There we are. Well, thank you so much for everyone listening to Mimosa Wasted Podcast. Again, thank you, Deja, for being on. We're going to continue drinking after this here hour. Thank you so much for being on, and I will see you next time. Yeah.